Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris and uh, we have been uh, talking about well, I guess it's some stray sayings of Jesus that uh, they didn't feel like uh, were part of chapter 29, but they added them at the end, like, what are we going to do with these? Which is fine with me, because uh, I appreciate the fact that they didn't leave it out. They just uh, they didn't see how they pertain, and I assume I agree with them as well. Um, but uh, I do think that if Jesus said something, we probably ought to pay attention to it. And uh, we have been trying to pay attention to these particular sayings here. Last time we talked about the measure that you meet. It will, it will be measured to you again. Jesus used the same um, uh, description in different ways for different meanings. And this particular one was that should a person receive um, uh, something from God and in his parables, he called it talents. Sometimes he called it money. Sometimes he, he called it different things. But what these things are, are uh, things that are given to us by God of value that we have uh, deemed somehow unworthy of our attention. We haven't added them to our lives. We haven't uh, you know, made the changes that are necessary or the additions or subtractions that he has made uh, known to us, and that his, his threat, and it was nothing short of a threat, that if you do not um, accept these things, at, at the end you will find that a person who is given much, there's much required of that person, and if they, if they don't accept these things into their life, which is the wisdom and knowledge of God that is received be, because He loves us and because we've asked or because we've gone before Him and listened for His voice, if we don't add those things to our life, we will find that eventually those things will be taken away from us. Um, and, uh, and we were given examples of that also contained in that scripture that we were talking about um, was how it started out when it says, take heed what you hear. I was explaining that the church in general has done this, uh, I can't say done it well, uh, but I will say that they have uh, overdone the idea that we need to be very careful about what we hear. Now, I'm not saying that what Jesus said here is, is incorrect. We should take heed of what we hear. But I was promising you in the last show that instead of having to deal with the conundrum of not having the knowledge to know whether something is false or not, um, how do we know what information we're getting is wrong? And so therefore, to avoid it. It's kind of a you know catch-22 that we need to have the wisdom of God in order to receive the wisdom of God so that we'll know how to reject you know, the, the false doctrine 
and uh, in, in doing so were supposedly made better. Well, in the book of Luke, when he talks about these very things, he actually says it a little different way. And it is what I want you to understand here. Um, if, if this particular subject interests you, um, I have a DVD called The Parable Paradox that deals with this very thing. Um, and essentially it's, you know, where is the, uh, the key to the safe? Well, we made sure that it's, you know, that it's very, very secure. Well, where is it? It's inside the safe. And all you have to do is get in there and you've got the key. And you're thinking, uh, something's wrong with this. <laughs> something's wrong with this instruction. Because it teaches us that you need to know the Word of God in order to understand the Word of God. And you need to understand the Word of God so that you can recognize the Word of God, so that you can add the Word of God to your life, so that you'll have the wisdom to understand what the Word of God is. And it, it just it sounds very paradoxical to require of somebody that they have what it is they're indeed looking for in order to find what it is they're looking for. And it seems kind of odd until, as Jesus says, you're not going to understand any parable unless you understand this parable, which starts out with what? The sower sows the word. And if you don't know what the word of God is, and frankly, if you think the word of God is the Bible, you're going to be in trouble. Um, if you don't know what kind of trouble, let me explain what kind of trouble you're going to be in. Uh, you know, send out your computer and, and Google Christian denominations. Find out how many there are. Uh, there's approximately 4,000 official and uh, maybe 40,000 derivatives of Christianity, all of which are based on the infallible Bible, the clear easy to understand scriptures, the uh, whatever, however you want to describe your scriptures. Truth is, the same Bible has created a lot of different denominations that can't even sit at the same table and have dinner together because they like to fuss and fight and carry on about what they believe is true and what they believe about the Bible and what they believe is doctrine and what they think is important and what they think is not important. And, and uh, so... We have, a, we have this uh, Bible that has been elevated to the point of the Word of God um, to the, so that we will have confidence in what the Word of God says. I have confidence in what the Word of God says, but I know, I'm sorry, I have confidence in what the Bible says. You see how easy this is to mess up? <laughs> I have confidence in what the Bible says, but as far as it being the Word of God, the Word of God is understandable. And it's, it's absolutely flawless. And if, if everybody paid attention to the Word of God, we'd all be going down the same road. But unfortunately, we, we get our clues from the Scriptures as to what to believe. Uh, we get our cues from the Scriptures as to what to do. And uh, it's all subject to men's interpretation. And therefore, 40,000 denominations. All believing that what they believe comes from the Scriptures. Well... Uh, here's something you should know about leadership of the Spirit of God. The Bible, although it is responsible for 40,000 denominations of well-meaning people, I might add. These are not heretics. These are not people who, 
you know, don't want the will of God for their life. These are people who want it. And, uh, and, and they strive to attain it. Uh, these aren't people who don't care. These aren't a bunch of sinners. This is, these are God's people that have trouble putting together um, a, a solid, believable doctrine, a solid, believable theology from the Scriptures. Well, what they will tell you is, is you have to be very careful about this being led of the Spirit business because the Spirit could lead you anywhere. My contention is, is that my Lord Jesus told me that I don't have to wonder about these, you know, these spirits speaking to us. That could be the devil speaking to you. Um, Jesus says, no, my sheep know my voice. A stranger they won't follow. Either that's true or it's not. Either it's true or it's not. But I happen to believe that it is true. Um, and the idea that uh, we, first of all, you know, that we have voices in our head. If you have voices in your head and you're not just uh, overblowing um, thoughts in your head as to be voices, disembodied or embodied voices that are in your head, um, you know, outside of, you know, just the mental illness that can be, that can cause those kinds of things, I think a lot of times it's just well-meaning people that are trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, but um, they, uh, uh, you know, there's just a lot of confusion involved in that. There's only one way that we, that we can live our lives so that we please God, and it's not a bunch of confusion. It's not a con bunch of convoluted doctrine that doesn't make any sense. It's not uh, a, a problem with, you know, one contradicting another, as our doctrines are. Uh, I could give you example after example of things that we teach that contradict one another, but because the two thoughts are never brought together in one sermon or one teaching or whatever, nobody ever considers the fact that, uh, that they contradict each other. If you want a, a, a doctrine or a theology or a philosophy to live by that actually gives you that kind of confidence and assurance, a, a, a voice, if you will, a guidance that is clear and concise and understanding. The Spirit of God is the only place to find this. I'll explain this way. The Scriptures are, are a reliable source. I appreciate them. I believe them. Um, it's just a, a matter of uh, the fruit of that has been, as I say, 40,000 disagreeable doctrines, all in of, of, of the Christian ilk, and but none of them can get along not scripturally not doctrinally not theologically they can't get along um, but mostly because they produce some of the most hateful people that you will ever encounter in your life uh, some of the most confused and helpless people you've ever seen in all of your life and uh, so therefore i have i have trouble with that there's only one force in the universe there's only one teaching voice there is only one uh, guidance that has never led anyone, not one millimeter to the right or a millimeter to the left of perfect truth, and that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not going to lead you astray. If I pick up my scripture and it says that a man needs to hate his mother and his father, is that true or is it not? Well, it is true, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, well, you know, 
You got to just, well, you know, you know, you know what I mean, you know? No, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Uh, okay, it's, it, that, that's, a, that's an exaggerated example. But when the Bible says, you know, uh, that uh, you need to be baptized to be saved. Well, does it really actually say that? Well, it says it in a certain way or whatever. These kind of things are just eliminated when we're being led of the Spirit of God. You know exactly what He expects of you. And, and it's really not a matter of remembering a sentence that God said. It's not remembering words that He used when He spoke to your spirit. Because, well, frankly, I've never heard words come from God's mouth to my ear. It's never happened. But boy, there's been many times that uh, he has infused my spirit with a sense of knowing. I just know that's the way it is. And there's things that I know that I can't put into words. Not yet. There's been things that later on I have been able to, to describe them or say them or whatever. But those things come in his time. So he's just the perfect leader, perfect guidance counselor. He's the perfect guide. And, uh, and I'm just saying that we could eliminate a lot of these problems if we would utilize the Spirit of God as our teacher. Now, in the book of Luke, when he uh, is talking about these things, he talks about taking heed what you hear. And, and we're talking, that's strictly the avoidance of, of uh, false doctrine and being careful about you know, what you hear. I think everybody needs to be careful about what they hear, but I don't think they need to be afraid of it. You know, there's people that are just absolutely afraid to talk to somebody that's not of their denomination. I just don't talk about politics or religion. Well, you know what you just told me? You don't care to talk about the most important things in the world. <laughs> that's what you just said. I don't think we should talk about politics or religion. Why? They're the most important things in the world. The governments by which we are they're governed on the earth, the thing that's going to affect every day of your life from the time that you're born to the time you die, those things, you don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about religion. The very thing that is so important that from the, from the moment that you're born until eternity, you don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about politics or religion. That sounds good, and everybody says it, and I think a lot of people say things that don't make any sense, and they don't really care. But, or it's just an excuse not to talk about something that they know nothing about. That's, a, a lot of cases, that is the problem. I don't want to talk about politics. Why? And wouldn't it be nice to give a truth serum at that particular point? Well, because I don't even know who our representative is for this particular part of the country. I don't know who our senators are. I'm not really sure I know who the vice president is. I don't think I understand the legislative and the judici judiciary branch of the government and how they differ. I don't understand. I don't know. I, and, and I don't think, I think it's a matter of, they just don't know. It's confusing for them or they don't, they don't give it any time. They can tell you every detail of their favorite soap opera. They can tell you the names of, uh, and, and the positions they play of their favorite baseball team. They can, they can tell you the names of some of the cheerleaders of the football teams. Because you know what? What's important to you is what's important to you. And what's not important to you, you don't know anything about. So you don't want to talk about it. 
Let's, can we just be honest? All right. So I was telling you that, okay, it's a dangerous thing. It's a, it, it, there may be some apprehension involved, some anxiety involved in dealing with different doctrines and different ideas and, and having to you know, look at things a little bit differently. And so it is important to take heed what you hear. But I was going to tell you, uh, I, I promised you last show, that I was going to give you some advice that was going to help you in that area and most other area, areas of your life. And that is the next thing that he said when he said in the book of Luke, take heed how you hear. Now, friend, if, you're, if your method of gathering information is indeed to find a man somewhere to teach you everything that you're hearing, you're hearing through your physical ears. Everything you see, right through your eyes. You are in a, in a state of, of learning, of education. And friend, if that is your way of gathering information and making decisions of life and forming your philosophy of life, whether or not you're happy or not, whether or not you're a Christian or not, then, buddy boy, you better be careful about what you hear. But if you are more careful about how you hear, a lot of these problems answer themselves. A lot of these problems actually fall away. They're not problems at all. It's like the guy whose governor's set on, the, on his carburetor. They don't, they don't have carburetors anymore, do they? But the governor is set on the car to only go 45 miles an hour. This guy has absolutely no concern for any 55-mile-an-hour speed limit sign. It is not a concern for him. He never has to think about it. He never has to worry about it. Why? He's incapable of going that fast. It cannot be a problem for him. Here's what I want you to know. Take heed how you hear. It's going to take a lot of your life and a lot of education, and it's going to take a, well, just a whole lot of learning for you to know what to listen to and what not to listen to. But if you are more concerned with how you hear, a lot of these things are eliminated. Well, how are we supposed to hear? It's not through your physical ears. It's not through your eyes. It's not reading your Bible. It's not hearing somebody read it to you. It's not the preaching. It's not the seminars downtown. It's not the DVDs or the CDs or any of the rest of the stuff that we use today to make ourselves more educated in religion. You see, that is a way of hearing through the five physical senses, uh, and, and strictly speaking, through our ear holes, if you take heed of how you hear, you don't have anything to worry about. If you have determined that you're going to be the kind of man or woman that God wants you to be because you are determined to receive this from God as He promised that He would do for you by the Spirit of God, if you've determined that that's your way and that's the way you're going to hear, now you're being cautious how you hear. If you are in tune to the Spirit of God and it's your daily habit to, to do that very thing, just to be quiet, just to listen, just to consider, just to think about things and, 
and, and even in some cases not think about things. We can explain all that later. But in this process of meditation and quietness before the Lord, if you've determined that that's the way you're going to hear, man, your life just got simple. Very, very easy. Except when he does tell you something that is kind of goes against the, the conventional ideas. Now you've got the church to contend with. But you want the church to contend with. You understand that? You see, anybody who is offering hope is a friend of the sinner. Anybody. Doesn't matter who he is. Buddhist, Mormon, Muslim, Christian, Jew. Anybody who offers hope to the sinner has got their attention. But, I mean, for for a... uh, uh, a religious person, a Christian person, to not have the attention of the sinner or have negative attention from the sinner probably has something wrong with his faith. Um, and uh, he's, you know, whatever it is he's preaching is antagonistic and is, is not helping anybody. Anybody who sees hope in what's being said, they're going to listen to what's being said. And uh, so it's not really living a, a life that is appealing to the sinner. I think we should have a life that appeals to the sinner, but it, it's not really having uh, that life that appeals to the sinner that should give us the confidence that we're actually hearing the voice of God. But you need to know that the majority of the churches out there, the Christian churches, will be against what God teaches. Is that hard for you to believe? I want you to think about this, because you probably were raised in a Sunday school where the little Sunday school teacher drug out her little flannel graph and reached in her purse and put the little paper figures on there and was telling you all about this. Now, uh, you know, she's going to teach you on the crucifixion this week. (laughs) And so she pulls out of her purse, you know, the little cross and the little Jesus and the disciples and all this stuff, and all of a sudden she pulls out this Roman soldier, she puts it on the flannel board. And another Roman soldier, and another Roman soldier. What do they do in there, Miss Smith? They came to get Jesus to crucify him. Oh, no. All right, so the little kids are indoctrinated to believe that the Romans killed Jesus. I don't know if this is a diversionary tactic or it's just bad history. I don't know where it came from. Um, You know, I want to believe motivations were good, but I always want to believe that. I don't know that anybody's just trying to divert in the minds of little children that, no, Johnny, you need to realize that the church, we, the church, you, you realized it was us, right? You realized that it wasn't the world, it wasn't the Roman soldiers, it wasn't the sinner, it wasn't the dance hall girls, it wasn't the, the thieves and the robbers and all the rest of those people that had Jesus crucified. You do know that it was the church, right? Jesus said that in the, in the last days when we're all being persecuted... 
He says there's going to be church people that are going to deliver you up to death thinking that they do God service. You think I'm speaking blasphemy here? I'm sorry that it's true. But it's true. And what I'm telling you is not blasphemy. It's not even twisted history. It's in your scriptures. Do you really think that that the, the apostle Peter reached and got a sword, a fisherman went and pulled a sword out, probably the fourth time he had a sword in his hand his entire life. And the Bible says that he took a swing at a guy named Malchus and uh, in a cut off his ear. I, I always think it's curious when you, when you investigate what people think about these kind of things. They kind of see the sword coming down on the side of his head and cutting off his ear. Do you really think Peter was trying to cut that man's ear off? No. He was trying to cut his head off. And the guy ducked. All right. So Malchus, who is this? Is this a Roman soldier? Do you really think Peter would have gone against a trained Roman soldier that day? Why was Peter so emboldened? Why did he feel no compunction whatsoever to pick up a sword and threaten to kill a man with it? Obviously, that man posed no threat in the world. Why? He was just an officer of the high priest. He was a deacon. He was an elder. He was just a guy in the church. The high priest came and, and had Jesus pointed out. They hauled him away. The Roman soldiers didn't crucify Jesus. The Romans didn't. Matter of fact, the Romans loved him. I think Pilate would have made him king if he'd have kept his mouth shut. But you got this blame being put on the Romans. Friends, it was us. We killed him. Church people, religious people, Bible-believing people, they missed Messiah. Not only did we miss him, we counted him as nothing. Not only did we count him as nothing, we counted him as a blasphemer, a gluttonous man, and a wine-bibber. He was horrible. He blasphemed God. He deserves to die. Who made these decisions? Church did. So, if you expect to hear from God and receive your revelation from God and everything to be rosy, it'll be rosy with you, my friend. You're going to have a wonderful existence and a wonderful relationship with God, I assure you. Troubles are going to work out. Your family's going to smooth out. Things are, you're going to become wiser above your, any of your expectations. But friend, you are going to come against one of the most formidable enemies that Christianity has ever encountered. It's going to be the church. They're unscrupulous. They are ruthless. It's awful, but it's true. And our time is gone. That's all for this time. So if you'd like to, and I would certainly like for you to, write to me, don at thinkredinc.com. It's uh, time for us to go. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredinc.com. 
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.